Hey, hey, I had a question over on my TikTok, TikTok channel the other day, and it was asking me, how do you how do you get comfortable with hookups? And I got thinking about it and I wanted to write various replies. And then I was like, uh, wait a minute, you've got all the answers because that's what you've just spent the last year doing. So what I'm going to do today is share some <laughs> stories, funny stories from my dating and hookup experiences and the lessons I've learned along the way. Hey, my name is Star Monroe, psychotherapist and your midlife dating bestie. And this is the Star Monroe Show. Each week I talk about reinvention, dating, relationships and sex in midlife. So let's scroll back right to the beginning. And I've got a, an extensive set of notes down by the side of me so I don't miss anything off. Um, last April, so it's a year ago, uh, my divorce papers came through from my second husband. And I was like, <sighs> at the time, I was ecstatic because I asked for the divorce because we grew out of each other. We grew apart. And also I was sad because it was the ending of another period in my life. I also, at that time, because I finally felt free, I was definitely single. I had it on a bit of paper to tell me I was single again. I was ready to date after a long hiatus from the dating world. I was married to my second husband all in for about five and a half, six years. And so I plunged back into the dating arena and I did that by going onto the dating apps. I think at the time I downloaded uh, Tinder. Uh, I hadn't come across Hinge at that time and Bumble. They were my two main ones. And I remember at the time I couldn't even quite handle Bumble because I had to make the first move. I had to start conversations. And I remember right at the beginning of my dating journey, I found it really difficult to start conversations. I didn't really understand how it all went. Also, I couldn't quite get my head around the amount of ghosting that happened. People would match and then disappear. So I kind of just played around with it. I probably talked to a couple of guys around that time. We didn't meet up or anything. Um, so it was in the background. And so I was dabbling, I would say, around May, uh, April, May in 2022. Also, because I was now single, there was also this fear around being single that I was like, oh, my God, I'm on my own now. No one wants me because even in an unhappy marriage, at least I had the notion that someone wanted to be with me because we were still married. So it was a real kind of lesson in being able to handle myself out there in the big wide world as a single woman in her 50s. Um, and I get it. There's a lot of stigma around being single in midlife. Yet. If you listen to any of my podcasts, watch my YouTube channels, listen to me on social media, it is your job and my job to unhook ourselves from this 
inherent conditioning that tells us our time is over, midlife is the end of the game. It's not. It is a brand new time for us to really establish who we want, uh, do the inner work on ourselves and go back out into life with gusto, uh, which is what I have been doing ever since my divorce. Um, I noticed when I went to the gym or I would walk around, I would look at men more. And I, at that time, my libido wasn't really firing up and it had disappeared for a long time as well. And I truly believe that was because I was in an unhappy marriage. I was also um, at home in England and my son was going through a lot of difficulties and it was really taking its toll on me. And life, the general grind in England just kind of was taking its toll on me. And I felt like I was stuck in a kind of rut, so to speak. So even though like my life was good. I still felt like, oh, I'm not sure kind of, there must be more to my life. There must be more. Um, so as I went out into the world as this single 51 year old, I um, noticed that I would have all these random fantasies in my head. I was like, oh, well, do they like me? Uh, do, you know, could I, could they be my boyfriend? And I very kind of noticed what was in my head and I was making up stories about people, even if they looked at me. So I kind of observed all this as I sort of trotted through my life. Um, I did notice that the men who started to talk to me and would enter a conversation, I would find out pretty instantaneously that they were married. Uh, and for me, that was a no-go. In my past, I have had various affairs with married men, and that's not something I am open to doing anymore. Um, what is it about married men? I, it's just like, it blows my mind. You know, it, and I, I know I'm saying married men, but married people, it's like you're in a committed relationship. Why are you chatting up somebody else? So, you know, that was happening. But also as well, what I noticed with that was I was getting attention. And there's a part of me that loved that attention because I hadn't had the attention for a while. Um, one of the reasons for leaving my last uh, marriage was that my husband didn't give me any compliments, didn't notice me. He said, I don't need to notice you. I don't need to tell you you're beautiful. Um, I don't feel like that's something that I need to do. And, you know, I have a different love language to him and it didn't gel. And that wasn't the reason why we got divorced. The reason why we got divorced was he was a stonewaller and couldn't communicate when we had conflict. And conflict is a natural part of all relationships. We have to be able to manage love learn how to manage, uh, move through conflict. So I was sort of trotting through life. And then what happened is I made the decision to go to Turkey for the summer. Um, I've always loved Turkey. And it, I was my business is online. So I took all my business took myself and placed myself in my mum's apartment and lived there for two months. And I loved it. I loved my life out there. I was having a ball. I was going out every single day. I was meeting new people in Turkey. Now, my this, I'm a year on. Right. So I have a different viewpoint now. Yet in Turkey, you get a lot of attention from men all the time. There is zero ageism in Turkey. Um, everyone is very well respected and revered here. 
So it doesn't matter that you're a 51-year-old woman or a 61-year-old woman or a 71-year-old woman. Men love to give women attention. And you get swept up in that. And what I found was that was a necessary nourishment for me. I needed that attention at the time. I didn't pursue anything any further. I didn't sleep with anybody. I didn't uh, uh, go out with anybody. I enjoyed the attention. There was a special attention from one of the guys that, mas that massaged me in the local Haman, which I will tell you more about later. Um, I was just enjoying myself and the sun always helps. And slowly over this two month period, I felt myself feeling better about who I was. Yes, the outside attention helped. And I'm going to give myself way more credit because I put myself in an environment where I could thrive. Uh, the sun was shining. I was more active. I was on a bike every single day. Um, I was my whole lifestyle shifted and changed from how I was in England. And it made me gloriously happy. The amount of pleasure, the food was great. I uh, was drinking great cocktails. I had um, an amazing, amazing time. So this took me up to August. I then returned back to England um, and a couple of events happened and I made the decision. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to move to Turkey. I've always wanted to move to a different country. Now's my time. I can deliberate about this. I can think about it some more. But I'm like, no, I'm moving to Turkey. And then at that point as well, what I noticed because I was having so much fun in Turkey is my libido had started to rise. So I always say like the fanny flutters. So I was like, fuck, this is working. Oh, my God, something is actually happening between my legs again because it had disappeared. And so, again, I went back onto the dating apps when I was in England. And what I noticed this time around, because I took a break when I was in, in Turkey, even though I was playing around with it, but I found it really difficult with the language barrier in Turkey. And also, Turkish men, they just want sex. They just want to get, get your clothes off and fuck you. So I knew that's not what I wanted. But yeah, I did. So there's a paradox in this as well. So it'll come out as I keep chatting. So when I was back in England, I went back on the apps and I was like, I am ready to date again. So I had more confidence. I would have because uh, I've been practicing. I kind of knew how it worked on the apps a little bit more. Um, I kind of got used to the ghosting. I was like, that's part of it. I ghost people all the time. I really do believe we need to normalize ghosting and stop getting our knickers in a twist over it, especially at the beginning of any encounter with someone. Um, and there was something that was happening inside me as well. It's like, oh, I think I'm ready to have sex again. I think I'm ready to have sex again. Now, I hadn't had that thought in my head for a while. And so I'm going to call this guy the manly man because this is what he called himself. So anyway, I bumped into this manly man on, I think it was Tinder. And I was like, let's chat. Excuse me, I'm going to cough. <clears throat> and um, he was like, we had a chat and we were talking. And so I have a very strict... <laughs> 
protocol when I'm when I'm online dating and I don't always adhere to it. And when I don't adhere to it, everything goes tits up. So my strict protocol is I will exchange messages with them to see how they are. And then I will get on a video call within the first 24 to 48 hours because I am not, even though later on you will see that I went against this, but it's I reckon we're messy, right? We learn through our mistakes. I'm not being someone's pen pal. I am not texting someone over and over again because that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not 10 years old anymore. I want to have deeper connection with someone. I want to get to know them. I want to have great conversations. So you can already see, if you're listening to this, you can already see the little nuggets of what I want. And when I started my dating journey, I did not know what I wanted. I just knew I wanted to start back dating. And then over a period of time, as I started to feel more confident in myself, I said I wanted to have sex. So anyway, this manly man and I arranged to meet. He said, I'm going to come down to London. Let's go out. I was like, fuck it. Let's do this. And I didn't really have too much time to think about it. Anyway, he turned up in this massive BMW. He opened the car and he was an attractive guy. He, He obviously worked out and I was like, "Okay, this is good. And literally, he walked into my house and he said, can we stay in rather than going out? And I was like, well, I'd rather go out. And so again, what I noticed is I get swayed over by other people's um, wants and needs and I negate mine. So again, I'm using this as information. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Let's go and get some wine and let's watch a movie. But anyway, as soon as he came into my house, He had his hand up my dress and in my knickers. And I was just like, fuck me. Whoa, this is like too much. And yet there was a part of me that loved the attention. It was like, oh, my God. It's like love bombing, but in person. And my inner child loves being love bombed. She loves loads of attention and she will get super giddy And I will lose my footing if I let my inner child lead the way when I'm in the dating arena. So, again, we learn all of this in hindsight. And this is why I say dating is the ultimate experiment and adventure in you learning about yourself. And it's the ultimate adventure um, and experiment in self-love as well. So, anyway, we spent the evening together and... I had to keep telling him to slow down, stop putting his hands all over me. Uh, This is not what I want. This is what I want. I'm very vocal in what turns me on. I'm used to that from years of being with lots of different men in my life. Um, And he wasn't listening. He wasn't listening. And in the end, I went to get up to go to the toilet and he got up and he got quite angry with me. Uh, and I've had I have been in some abusive relationships in my past. And I could feel my whole body, my trauma response is fight. Uh, I could feel my whole body getting ready to fight back. And he just went, he very angrily said, You're really horrible to me. You're being very blunt. You're telling me what you don't want, and you're very rude. I'm going to go. Um, bear in mind we were drinking as well. There's a theme here with the booze. Um, that I said, that's fine. Um, And I got very angry back uh, for some reason. I don't know why I got angry, probably because of the booze, probably because he was getting angry and I felt unsafe. So I felt like 
my anger was my defense system. I was like, yep, yeah, you need to go. Um, you weren't listening to me. This is not going to work. So anyway, we party company. And I can't quite remember how I felt about that. But I think there was uh, repercussions from it. You know, I did I I question myself. It's like, was I rude? Did I was I abrupt? And do you know what? In the end, I had to come back to the point that yeah, you were a brute. You you were rude. You were abrupt. Yet he wasn't listening to you, and you were trying to tell him that, and he wasn't. He was on his own agenda. And I tell you what, I've met a lot of men over this last year that are on their own agenda when they meet me. It's like, I know how to turn a woman's body on. I know what to do to you. And I'm like, what the fuck? Um, this is my body. I know my body. I know what turns me on. It's not a turn on for you to tell me that. Um, and so I find that a lot with men. So I didn't have sex with this dude. Uh, also, the other, the red flags with this dude, well, one, because he put his hand right up my knickers when he walked in the door. That was the massive flag and I should have said goodbye, uh, but I didn't. But the other flags were he was talking about his exes. They're all crazy. And he was really objectifying my body. When I consent to you objectifying my body, that's great. But when we first meet, no, that's not great. So i left that and then uh i kind of dabbled sort of sat with it a little bit longer and then i was like now nah, i still want sex and then this is the thought that popped up into my head i'm ready to have sex again after my ex-husband i hadn't had sex with my ex-husband since december 2019 when we were in florida and i hated having sex with my ex-husband it wasn't pleasurable i did not enjoy it it was probably some of the worst sex i've ever had we was we just weren't compatible at all in the bedroom uh, bear in mind there was a 25 year age gap as well i'm going to cough again <coughs> and i will talk about my relationship with my husband my last husband a little bit more another time so I was like, oh, my God, it's getting on to, let me do the math, 2019, 20, 21, 22. I was like, fuck, it's nearly three years since I've had sex. I need to have sex. So um, also around that time when I saw the manly man, uh, loads of other men came out the woodwork, like exes came out the woodwork, people that had talked to me in the past came out the woodwork. I was talking to lots of different people on the dating apps, but nothing was going anywhere. And then I went back to Turkey. So then I moved to Turkey and I hooked up with a taxi driver here. So we're calling him the taxi driver. And the one lesson I learned with him, which then I learned with all the Turkish men, was the word Yavash. Yavash, Yavash, slow down, slow down. They have, the men that I encountered did not have any idea about how to go slow um they're all over they were all over my body like a fucking octopus so again uh, i met him a couple of times i didn't really enjoy his company but what i noticed was because he was giving me attention it's better than nothing um i would say now on hindsight actually nothing is better <laughs> and attention from someone that's really not on my level with what I'm looking for in dating. Uh, high standards here, uh, learning learning them as I'm going along. So anyway, we, and actually he was an alcoholic as well. So he drank a lot. 
Uh, I'm an ex-alcoholic. I taught myself how not to drink, so I still drink every now and then. And so we got drunk uh, on one of the nights we were meeting and we had sex. I can't remember having sex with him. So I was very disappointed. And we had a row and we went our separate ways. So I spent the next probably week feeling really hard. I was being very hard on myself because I was like, you got really drunk. Um, you you don't know what you said to him, but we parted ways. We, it was like quite... Um, it was very abrupt. And he said, like, never contact me ever again. I have no idea what I did. Um, so I spent quite a long time having a go at myself. And then another realization came. It's like, you keep getting drunk with these dudes to have sex. Um, so again, this is information that I'm gathering on myself. And I wasn't ready to really look at that. Uh, in hindsight, it was I was drinking because I didn't feel comfortable to have sex sober that's a big fucking flag waving there but wasn't ready to look at it yet the story continues i was still wanted sex and i wanted sex where i remembered it because i wanted to be at least one dick away from my ex-husband i know we have all these weird and wonderful kind of ideas well like me i do around you know separating from someone and starting again but i was like i need to be at least one dick away from my husband i need to fuck someone and remember it so then i took a trip to antalya no one knew me in antalya there was a 30 year old manager of the hotel i was staying in one thing led to another he was uh doing everything he could on text to woo me it worked because i was just like and it, and it was my fucking button i was just like fuck it i'm gonna fuck you and we fucked all night all night it was okay i was drunk but i wasn't as drunk as before and when i woke up in the morning i was like fuck yes i've had sex yes i was so happy i'd had sex and i'd remembered it and it was okay i'd give it six five and a half out of ten right five and a half out of ten i reckon if i saw him again i could have taught him and we could have like had a really great experience anyway i walked away from that experience came back into my world i felt myself wanting more from that relationship again i was like oh i want him to contact me again and the thing is what happens when women have sex is um hormones are released in into our body and what they're doing is like it's a connection hormone women get that way more heightened than men men get it and it lasts from about i don't know max 12 hours we get it for three fucking days so i know all this so i know the chemicals were all shifting in my body and then i was like pining from him and i was in this fantasy world around could something else happen it was a fuck right it was just a fuck yet my brain i think it's my inner child wants more oh my god someone gave us love and attention that means they must love us a little bit of back history about me and my when i first started to have sex with people is I at 16, I started to sleep with everybody and I equated love for sex. <laughs> so this is something else that as I'm going on this journey of hookups and dating, uh, I'm learning more about myself because all the old stuff is starting to get excavated by my actions. 
The other thing before I go on is I was trying to date and hook up like I was in my 30s or in my 20s, I was married to my first husband, but in my teenage years. And that doesn't work for me anymore. It does not work for me anymore. It didn't work for me back then. So why would it work for me now? And yet I could feel myself go back in, back into the patterns of dating and hooking up with people. So I had to talk myself down off this ledge because I kind of wanted more from the, the Antalya 30-year-old. Uh, and eventually that all fizzled out as well. And I stopped fantasizing over it. And then... I still wanted sex, like my libido is fired up. I feel great about myself. I'm in a new country. I'm getting attention from uh, Turkish men all the time. I'm on the dating app, so I'm talking to people. Um, I would always say never date just one person. You've always got to date more than one person, especially if you know in the past that you get anxious, your avoidant type is anxious in relationships. You need to speak to more than one person. Because um, otherwise, it's really easy for us to put all our eggs in one basket. It doesn't work like that anymore. You've got to be very choosy and slow your roll. So there's a guy that has been massaging me in Turkey for many, many years. And over the years, the massages have kind of evolved into something else. Uh, not every year, but some years. Anyway, I went to him for a massage and I was like, do you want to go out? Um we went out, we had a great time. Um, we were chatting again. I found the language barrier. His English was excellent. My Turkish is terrible. Um, I found it irritating because I can't have deep conversations. Um, I think that night we finished, uh, we said our goodbyes, we kissed, kissed very passionately. And I was like, oh my God, because actually I forgot to tell you this. Oh my God, this guy can kiss because everyone else that I had encountered couldn't kiss well. And I love a good kisser. So anyway, and the, week, the next week we meet, met up again and we had sex. Well, we, we, <coughs> we were in my apartment and we were talking and flirting. And I didn't want sex, but I did want sex. I didn't feel comfortable to have sex. So I started drinking more and more because there was this like paradox going on inside me. Part of me wanted to have sex. Part of me didn't want to have sex. Part of me was turned on. Part of me wasn't turned on. So anyway, we went to bed. He stayed the night and we had sex halfway through the, the, the night and when we were having sex, he was talking Turkish to me and I just found it a real turn off. And I was just like, oh, I can't do this. This is horrible. This is not for me. So anyway, when we woke up in the morning, um, I was getting out to give the sex 5.5, 6 out of 10. It was okay. Um, and I didn't have to say Yavash Yavash too much to him. I definitely had to say Yavash Yavash to the 30-year-old in Antalya and the taxi driver. And we left and then, again, that kind of fizzled out because I wasn't sure what I wanted. And then I was traveling to and fro from England to Turkey for a bit. And in the end, I decided, no, I didn't want it. I didn't want to take up a relationship with someone who I find difficult to have conversations with because conversations for me, another nuggets for me to learn about myself is the way to get into my knickers. Deep conversations is the way to get into my knickers. It turns me on. 
So I then went back to England and I said, I declared, I was like, I'm going to date a couple of times while I'm back here for two weeks. I was relaxing. It was Christmas time. I was looking after my mum's house. Randomly, I bumped into a 27-year-old <laughs> getting younger. <laughs> and I bumped him, bumped into him at the storage unit in, in uh, my town where I live. And we went out for dinner and it was amazing. We had a really great conversation. He's an entrepreneur, so I love talking to him, very intelligent. We got on really well. And so he came back to where I was staying at my mum's house. And again, we just talked and it was great. And then we ended up having sex again. So I'm like getting, my dicks are getting further away from my ex-husband. So remember, I wanted to be one dick away. So I think I'm now four dicks away from my ex-husband. Um, and sex was again, it was okay. It was, it wasn't earth shattering, wasn't anything to write home about. It was okay. I'm glad I had sex. I was happy I had sex. And we had sex again when I was in the country before I came back. Now, this relationship wasn't a relationship. Uh, and yet when I, and this is, I was talking to a friend, she said, it's not a relationship. I said, but whenever you enter in to uh, be with someone or you're talking to someone, it becomes some kind of relationship. So this relationship um, carried on via text when I was here in Turkey. So, and he said he was going to come out and see me. And I felt myself get very enmeshed in this relationship, very much. And I put this person on a pedestal and I felt myself getting really anxious, really insecure. And what I noticed I'd done again is I started to lose myself in a fantasy, in a fantasy of a relationship. It was looking back, it was just sex. And slowly over a period of time, we redefined because we carried on talking to each other January, February, March. We just stopped talking to each other. January, February, March, we redefined it. We were friends and we were just talking to each other. He never came out to see me here. Um, which for me was very disappointing. Um, and I was quite hurt right around that because I made him a priority. And that's the thing is that I will make people a priority that I like. I will change my scheduling. And I think in this whole shebang of dating and hookups, this is all part and parcel of it. You're going to find out more about how you're showing up in relationships and with hookups and see whether you like the hookups. Now, if I backtrack this, that, this again, it all fizzled out because nothing came to anything. And I did say to him at one point, I want more. I want to be able to see someone. I didn't put it all on him. I said, I want to be able to have a deeper connection. I want to see someone in person. And I know I'm asking. Uh, something different to most people because I'm asking for a long distance relationship because I'm in Turkey and you know if I met someone in England I'm, I am asking them to either come here or me to go there I'm more than prepared to do that let me slide back a notch back in January and this isn't a plug and yet this is important to note I started teaching 
a new course that I run. It's called The Love Affair, which is all about you dating yourself and making yourself a priority for 30 days straight. Something shifted inside me when I did those 30 days with all my members that joined the course. And I started to realize over the last couple of months that, yes, sex is great with other people, yet sex with on a hookup is never that great because they don't know my body. I don't know their body. There is always this awkwardness as well. What I found myself doing is getting drunk a lot because I didn't feel comfortable to be sober and have sex. And so that's something that I'm exploring a little bit more. But also what I learned from me teaching the love affair and for me plugging back into myself over and over again is I can turn myself on better than any man. I can fuck myself better than any man. Yes, it's always great to have sex and to build and cultivate that. And what I've learned is I'm not prepared to keep having subpar hookups because it doesn't work for me. I keep going down old patternings of getting drunk. Um, they're disappointing. I find myself getting enmeshed in these non-relationships slash situationships. Um, and for me, what I'm realizing is the most, in, if you listen to me, I will say this over and again, over and over again, the most important relationship I will ever have is the one with myself. And it's up to me to uphold my boundaries, my values, my morals when I'm out there dating and relationshiping. Um, the other thing that I realized is I don't want to text someone. I don't want to fucking endlessly text someone. It's boring. I'm not your pen pal. The other thing that I realized, taking me a long time to get here, I'm very happy I'm here, is that my body is sacred. Not every fucker gets to touch it. Not every fucker gets to touch it. You've got to be pretty fucking special to touch this body. Um, and I know now that I don't just want hookups. I'm not interested in just having sex. I can turn myself on. I can stoke my libido. I can fuck myself as and when I want to. And I don't have to deal with any of the shebang after it. I've also noticed that my anxious attachment style is still there that my good girl when I fall asleep at the wheel of me in the dating and relationship world my good girl sorry not my good girl my inner child starts running the show and she loves any attention that she gets and gets very enmeshed in it and wants more and more and more and my job is to manage her because I am the adult I'm the queen of my queendom so my queendom lives inside me um so I, right now, I'm taking a break from the dating world, and I've just decided to do that. And I know that when I come back out there, I'm not looking for hookups. I am looking for a relationship with someone. I'm looking, and I know I need to be clear. If you listen to me as well, over and over again, clarity is magnetic. I need to be clearer on 
my situation, the way I live my life, and also what I'm looking for, because I want to put people off. You want to put people off. We don't want everyone all over us. We're only looking for one person, unless you are in, you're going to date more people like all the time. At the beginning, I would always say date more than one person because you're finding out about people. This is a real journey. So <laughs> I I really do look at dating, hookups, everything that I'm doing as an experiment on who I am and what I want and what I don't want. It's an experiment and it's a deepening portal into who I am as a person as well and how I want to show up. And if I was to continuously date without any breaks, and I'm going to do another podcast on how I date as well soon, um, if I did this all the time, I wouldn't have any time to come back into my world, lick my wounds, reflect, contemplate, and learn from what I've experienced. And that's what I've got to learn. And so the main things that I've learned, I'm not looking for sex. I'm not looking for, I'm looking for great sex within a great relationship. I don't believe relationships. There is the one out there. I believe there are people that are meant to be in my life for a certain period of time. Um, so I'm looking for deeper connection I'm looking for people who are on the same journey as me as with personal growth as high as a value. And I'm probably looking for people who live outside the nine to five as well, because I don't get on with them because I don't live a nine to five life as well. Um, so I will continue experimenting. I will continue documenting my findings. And of course, if you have any questions, any thoughts, then let me know if you want to learn a little bit more about me, sashay your good self over to datinginmidlife.com. And then come and find me on my stories on Instagram. And I'm Ms. MS Star Monroe, as in Marilyn, over on Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.